Hello, my name is Daniel, and this is the Engineering Success Podcast, episode 11. As you might notice, I'm in a slightly different setup today. If you're watching in this video version of the podcast, maybe eight months after I record this episode at the pace I'm currently going at. But uh, I got a couple crazy things going on in my personal life and work life. Crazy busy, got like five people in a thousand square foot apartment right now. So we're making do with what we can and I'm filming in the, in the living room today. Today we actually have a lovely interview ahead of us, but before I do that, I'm going to do the obligatory call for support. So if you support, if you like the Engineering Success Podcast and you want to support the podcast, consider donating to the podcast. It uh, will allow me to get a nicer apartment where I can have a larger studio that doesn't also double as a guest room. And you can do so by supporting as a monthly supporter. If you support on a monthly basis, that is every single month. $5 a month, you'll get a shout out at the first episode of each month, and $10 a month gets you a shout out at the beginning of every single episode of the podcast, which ideally is significantly more than just once a month. <laughs> For, uh, if you want to support on a one-time donation, obviously anything is appreciated, and uh, that's the call for support. If you don't want to support financially, other ways you can support is by giving the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's how the podcast gets recommended to other people. You can follow this podcast on Spotify. I get credit for downloads. And you can also uh, follow the podcast on Anchor, which is my hosting platform, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about in my ads in the middle of the podcast. Anyways, that's the uh, call for support. Anyways, yes, we have a fun, exciting interview ahead of us today. It's one of my co colleagues from work, John Ott. He's a civil structural supervisor at Zachary Engineering Corporation, who I have worked with closely in my role as a proposal coordinator, and I really look forward to interviewing him. So, yeah, sorry the podcasts have been a little bit intermittent, but I know that this is a fun interview ahead of us. So, without any further ado, I'll kick it over to John, and then we will come back on the back half with the Q&A with career questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with John Ott, and we're doing How I Got Here, Drafter to Supervisor. John's currently the Civil Structural Supervisor at Zachary Engineering Corporation. How are you doing, John? Good. How are you, Daniel? I'm all right. It's been a, it's been a day, uh, as, a, as, as you've unfortunately heard and experienced uh, coming into this. Um, yeah. Yeah, so a little bit about you, John. So you just recently... Or you just recently graduated or you're in the middle of finishing up your undergraduate program? I'm in the middle of finishing it up. Um, the lion's share of the, of the school work is now complete. Um, I just have to do a couple electives in the fall and then my degree, my bachelor's degree in management will be complete. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really cool, really cool. And you're finishing that up from Bellevue, correct? Yep, Bellevue University. Um, it's located here in Omaha. Well, it's Bellevue, Nebraska, but that's pretty much a suburb of Omaha. Yeah. But um, you know, they they offer a great online accelerated program, and my wife did it um, about ten years ago. And when I was thinking about going back to college, she said, "Just go to Bellevue. You can do it online and be done in about a year and a half." So that's awesome. So I guess you're uh, you're what a year in. Um, about a year and I would say 
you're in a quarter in. <laughs> yeah, a year and so. a quarter, and you already have been recognized on the dean's list. That's one of those things that in my four years of undergraduate, undergraduate college, I never made the dean's list once. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. shout out to you for that accomplishment as well. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, it's been a challenge, <laughs> a lot of a lot of weekends and a lot of stressing over citing sources and making sure I'm following all the APA citation rules. And it's, it's quite the adventure. Yeah, I can imagine. So I guess um, I'll give a little bit more of your background and then I'm gonna have us ask you a question about that. So you also have an, under, an associate's degree from Batterock College. You had your uh, associates in CAD, CAD drafting and design. So you did that and that's really related to what you do or have done for your career. And then um, before that, you worked at a couple other places, but I really want to dig into that right there. So you said you're working full time and you're a student. So what's that uh, balance been like for you, especially pursuing an accelerated program like you've been pursuing? Uh, it's been it's been an adventure. I'll say that, um, you know, it's it's been really fun, but it's also time consuming and at times stressful. There's no doubt about it. Um, Thankfully, I was able to do this degree while continuing work full time yeah. because it was online accelerated. Um, I was able to leverage weekends and Friday afternoons towards any work that needed to be done for school. So I was I was lucky in that way. And me and my wife don't have any kids outside of our fur baby. So um, just kind of me sequestering myself into the back office and trying to focus in on on schoolwork. Yeah. Now, did you do the same thing with, with your associate's degree? Did you also work full time while getting your associate's degree? Yes. So back when I, oh, that was so long ago. Um, yeah. Back when, back when I started that, I was working at Blockbuster. Um, I think I was, it was like 35 to 40 hours a week working at Blockbuster. So oh I, could, uh, um, I could pretty much pay for my own apartment. <laughs> I think I got out of my parents' house pretty quick. I wanted my freedom a little bit. So they pretty much encouraged me pretty quickly in my youth that you're 15 now, it's time for you to, time for you to start getting a job. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> Why are my summers done, dad? <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. I, I was, I, I was, I, I guess, fortunate or misfortunate enough to not be put in that situation. I didn't work my first job until I graduated high school. So it sounds like it was a really important value though, that you were instilled with that you started working early. And yeah. I mean, you've, you've worked basically ever since then. Yeah. I've, uh, we, I did Blockbuster. I graduated. I, I only worked at Blockbuster about three months after I graduated before I found my first job at Wilson, Wilson and company for, um, started doing drafting work right there. So um, yeah, I was pretty much, I graduated and within three months I was done and moving on into the corporate world. <laughs> wow. And so you didn't, did you have, did you graduate high school with that associate's degree or did you pursue that associate's degree while you were at Wilson as a drafter? So I pursued that. So I graduated high school and then I started to go after the associate's degree, Yeah, which is, um, I think it was about 90 weeks. Um, pretty sure it was 90 weeks. And while I was doing that post high school, I was working at Blockbuster full time. Wow. Then I graduated three months of Blockbuster additional and then onto the, onto Wilson. Yeah. 
And I can't even remember if I'm asking about this later, but what would you say for, for people that are considering, they're graduating high school and they know they want to work um, in a professional field, what would you say to them about um, pursuing a route like that and, and going straight into the workforce and then also getting education at the same time and building up their skills to then kind of grow in that way? How, how would you say that served you? You know, it's, I think it served me, served me very well. I think it's a very valuable um, degree to, to go after, especially if you're into the interest into the engineering field. Yeah. Um, I think it lays a great foundation. Um, I know many engineers who started off with just a CAD degree and with the CAD experience, and then they decided to go back and finish off with the engineering degree. And I think they have a great experience and I'll, great foundation you know and they if you want to equate it to speaking a language you know they kind of understand you know when they give you that work you know they really understand what it takes to do that work they're giving you so it's a little bit a little bit of like they understand and they've been where you've been yeah that makes sense and obviously I imagine that an associate's program is significantly more affordable than going straight and you know spending four years not making not really being able to work full time and not being able to make money and sinking a lot of money into a, an engineering degree. So would you say that it was a, a pretty affordable route? Yeah, it was definitely affordable. Um, I think it was so affordable that I was not the only, um, the only choice I had when it came to paying my student loans was like the 10 year payoff versus yeah. like the extended 30 year one, which, yeah, you know, so it was, it was very affordable and I had it paid off um, within those 10 years. Very wow. So, yeah. And it was one of those things where it really, it, it was a burden or anything. Yeah. It was not a burden at all. And I think it's, uh, I think finding a nice tech school like that or a community college degree to start off your path and the, in your adulthood or trying to get that experience. I think that's a great path to start. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say is the most important thing for, for students to consider when evaluating college uh, pro- programs, engineering versus technical services? I mean, how, how, do you, how would you advise somebody that's kind of up in the air and trying to decide which route they want to go? Well, I definitely, you know, have them focus in on what, what makes, the, you know, what brought them to the table to that discussion, you know, like, is yeah. it really the engineering or you know, like for me, it was a lot of, um, a lot of that drawing, that art mm-hmm. to it. You know, my mind is very, very kind of square. Um, I like symmetrical things and yeah. kind of that drafting world was able to provide that for me, where if you're more, um, maybe more math proficient, mm-hmm. you know, the engineering route is more up your alley, but definitely find a school and a program that's going to allow you to continue to do what you want to do and have fun too because you don't want to be in a scenario to where you're just bogged down with school and you're unhappy yeah when when you become unhappy that's that's a no-win scenario in my opinion yeah so so what about your your program prepared you really well for your career you know working your way up from being a a drafter to becoming a supervisor over an entire drafting department. What about your program set you up really well for that? So the fundamentals that I was really taught at Vatterot, 
um, for my associate's degree was kind of just how to read blueprints, how to interpret, how to interpolate red lines, how to work the basic functions of AutoCAD, MicroStation. Um, you know, they were, we kind of learned each discipline in little blocks. So we would spend three weeks on architecture, three weeks in the mechanical, three weeks in electrical. Uh-huh. You know, so it gives you a broad exposure to all the different disciplines out there while teaching you the basics of things. And, you know, um, when you get your first job out of college, you know, as long as you have that basic fundamental knowledge on how to work that program, that CAD program, you know, the company and the employee, the employer will teach you everything you need to know for the company standards. Um, But you bringing that to the table, you understand just a little bit about those. Uh Those are going to make a huge difference. Yeah. So you'd say the rest of it was your attitude, your work ethic and what you did on the job. Yep. Because if if you enter into that with a, with an attitude of wanting to learn, wanting to assimilate, uh, assimilate into the company that you've gone to, um, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, as long as you have a positive attitude and you want to learn and grow. Yeah. That's awesome. And then obviously you've grown into a management role. Did that kind of uh, play into why you got a degree in management? I, I'm, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of throwing that one around. Um, yeah, yeah it, it really that. was. Um, so that kind of started, um, I would say, probably about six or seven years into my career at Zachary. Um, And there was someone who used to work there who's no longer, um, who did pass away, but he always pushed me very, very kind of hard in the way of bringing up your game in a way. You know, he kind of taught me, instead of just being a drafter, you know, start looking beyond what it is to be a drafter start, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about other ways you can contribute to this design, to this project, to this company. And so that's how I got involved in the employee activities committee in our office, which kind of plans the events and um, all the social gatherings right now in the office. Really? I'm not surprised. I didn't know that about you, but I'm not surprised from working with you that that is something that you gravitated towards. I would really enjoy going to a social event you put together. Yeah, it's 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 fun. And, um, you know, not all the offices do it as much as Omaha does it, but it's it's a fun time. And I encourage every office or every every group to try to get out there and you know, mingle with your coworkers outside of a work setting, you know, it's, yeah. it's great fun. Um, so that all kind of led me to kind of wanting some more exposure to the leadership side of things. And so I did ask, you know, my supervisor at the time, um, I was just like, Hey, I have an interest in this. Can you just break me off a little crumbs here and there? And let's see what, let's see what sticks. Yeah, And so over the course of probably, I would say three years, four years, you know, he just steadily started building up like, Hey, just look at this proposal really quick that I'm working on. Hey, I can't go to this meeting. Can you go for me? And it starts to give you that exposure to that next level of, of um, employee engagement in like professional meetings with other managers and office directors Mm-hmm. And so it just keeps on building. And then it kind of like, okay, I really like this. This is, this is sticking now. Yeah. So 
and then the there was a transition so i was able to move into that role and it's been it's been a great ride so far and you know part of our um professional development program that zachary has you get to kind of identify what your goals are yeah not only just for the year upcoming but like uh, just in the future in general so i identified that you know, I want to keep on growing in the leadership role. I really like it. Mm -hmm. And so in one of my reviews with my manager, you know, he had kind of suggested, have you thought about, you know, kind of cementing that passion with, with a degree? And I had kind of toyed with it back and forth for a while, mm -hmm. but I wasn't like totally sold on it, but I looked into it talked to my wife a little bit and she kind of encouraged me to do it too. And so I just decided that, Hey, Bellevue has this opportunity and it fits my schedule and it's been really fun. Um, I've learned a lot of cool things, just kind of odds and ends, you know, things that some things I already knew or have gotten through unofficial training, but other things they taught you and just give you like another way of looking at the leadership and management aspect you know, and things I would never even think about looking at myself, you know. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So, so I guess what specific things about the program itself, uh, beyond the things that you're learning, it, I guess you're learning directly in the program are, are things that have also helped you? Um, you know, it just kind of taught me a little bit more of like a writing style, I would say. I know I kind of lamented about that the APA style of writing, yeah, uh, you know, it's, but it did help me um, kind of learn how to write a little bit better, how to find proper citations for things. Um, taught me a little bit more about working with a group of strangers mm -hmm. and giving constructive feedback. Um, every week we had to write, um, you know, our articles and we had to go out and find um, our other classmates on the discussion board and write, you know, you know, a critique or a response to that. And, you know, it kind of taught you that, that method of, of like, how do you do, you know, there's a way to do this respectfully in the right way. And, you know, this is how you do it. Yeah, that's great. And I, I, I you talked a little bit about, um, uh, just writing in general, and I, I'm sure that the the proposal team at Zachary appreciates that as well, huh? <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I always enjoy. Uh, for for those of the people listening, there, uh, John and I got to work together as counterparts on several proposals, and I would get to take the stuff that John wrote and then uh, read it, and then slightly it. modified it. Sli I say slightly, very very slightly tweak it. <laughs> Um, before we get to polish so. me out a little bit <laughs> yeah just a little bit just a little bit but john you always did a good job so i always yeah. you're always on top you've always been on top of it and really um you really care about the type of things that you write and it, it shows from from the, the level of emphasis you place on it and yeah. pursuing education around it so so what's so you know we talked about how that kind of your past career development is related to your degree what about the future what is what is what is your goal to, to take this degree and go to the next level? So there's been a couple of ideas that I've kind of been toying around with uh, yeah. at Zachary, and one of them is uh, project management, um, the project management route, the um, some business development, 
you know, we have a great business development guy in Omaha and, you know, he's kind of helped me out and given me some opportunities. And, um, you know, I just kind of want to see what's going to kind of fit me. You know, I kind of go back to trying out things years and years ago to see what sticks, you know, and what really grabs my passion. You know, maybe it's just staying in this role for a lot longer. Maybe it's pulling in a little bit more project management experience or BD, but you know, it's, it's just a great avenue and a great opportunity for me to kind of take what I've learned in this degree and kind of cement it onto the next step. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, we don't have to be shy here. If you want to give any shout outs to anybody in particular, you're more than welcome to, <laughs> I think I know you're, you're talking about the BD guy that's been helping out in Omaha, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you use your own discretion throughout if you want to give anybody a shout out. I'll, I'll just give out his first name. And that's Mike. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Now, now, Mike. N- now Mike has to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure he does. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. So before we get into more stuff about your day to day, because I think that that's what's really going to be the meat and potatoes here beyond, beyond what we've already talked about. I think that the, the day-to-day of a drafter is something that not a lot of people that are initially starting to consider engineering, they really think about that much. That A lot of people don't really think about that too much. But the other thing that is a part of an engineer's career that we don't think about too much is about the transition between employers. So you had an, you transitioned from Wilson to Zachary. What was that experience like whenever you uh, came to Zachary? And then more recently, I know that you had an experience where you kind of ha- left Zachary for an opportunity and then you ended back up at Zachary. So I'm, I'm curious about how those, I guess, transitions have been for you and, and any advice or learnings you have to share with other people about uh, transitioning jobs. Well, I will, I'll call this summer my amazing summer adventure. Um, <laughs> It was, it was a fun time. Um, it was an experience that will stick with me the rest of my professional life. I feel, you know, I was lucky that I left Zachary um, and the place I went was, was filled with people who were positive. And when I told them, you know, like, Hey, this wasn't working out, you know, there was a lot of good, a lot of good vibes and like, they want me to be able to grow professionally and be happy with what I was doing. So they, it was great that they were so understanding the things um, that something wasn't working out. So, and I was also very lucky that, you know, Zachary um, was willing to say, yes, come back. Um, I think that was a great opportunity. The advice I would give anyone out there is just to be honest with themselves and not be afraid to say, this isn't, this isn't for me like I thought it would be. Um, it's extremely hard to admit that something is not working as intended in your life. But as you continue in your career and your adult life, you'll start, you're going to start to realize what you need in your life to be happy. And, you know, it's not just the things at home. It's the things in your, in your professional career that you love doing that are going to make that difference too. So, yeah. I think that also speaks a lot to just selecting a companies to work for that have good culture, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I mean, I mean, it, it takes some solid culture to 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 have somebody leave your company and then have them come back and be like, "Yes, we want you back." I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, for, for, I mean, to be fair though, if I were in the, the position of deciding whether or not I wanted John Ott back at my company, of course, <laughs> I, I, of course I'd say yes. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I'm well, like, dude, why'd you leave? Yes, please come back. Please, yeah. please, please. And, and maybe that's the way you were welcomed back. I don't know. I don't know how it went down, but, um, yeah, I, I, I hope someone celebrated somewhere, or maybe they just begrudgingly said, fine, whatever, dude. <laughs> I celebrated. The way I found out that you were back is that I was on Microsoft Teams, and I saw your icon was green. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is trippy. Like, and now, now, to be fair, though, Skype is, like, messed up. So I have friends yeah. that, like, left the company over a year ago, and they still show up as green on Skype. But it's <laughs> never happened to me on Teams. So I went on Teams, I was like, what? John Ott? Wait, no way. So then yeah. I went, like, I can actually see, like, I went into my platform where I can, like, look at people's, like, history of their job, what jobs, they've, roles they've held with the company. And then I saw that you were rehired. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I need to message John. And I was like, yes, John is back. <laughs> that was that made me so happy. And I sent you that message on Teams and then you went typing, typing, typing. And I was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> He's alive. I knew yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. So so lesson learned here is always leave your company and then come back because then everybody will be so happy to see you. No, yeah. No, no, that's not professional advice. This is entertainment only. Yeah. Entertain anything I say is for entertainment purposes only. I, I don't give any good advice. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what was it like for you to then move into Zachary before going back even further? So yeah. you, was that a, another growth opportunity for you? It was. Um, so my my time at Wilson, you know, that was my my very first job, obviously out of school, in in a very professional environment, and it was it was a great learning place and it was doing uh, bridges for the railroad. Yeah. Um, and I so thought I recognized weird. that name because we do stuff with them now, right? Yeah. They do subcontract on a couple jobs here and there. So I thought so. I thought I recognized that name. Yeah. So back to you railroads. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was super fun. Like right out the gate, like drawing, bridges for the railroad and was like this is what I went to school for this is awesome yeah you know and um you know so I was there um, about three years I think uh four years maybe yeah and I had a friend who was working at Zachary and you know I was doing a little bit more travel than I had intended to at Wilson and so you know I was kind of lamenting with him about like I just kind of wonder what else is out there he's like you should come work with me I was like really is that an option? And, you know, the stars aligned and we kind of put in my resume and it was, they, they gave me a call. So um, the transition from, from Wilson to Zachary, um, it was, it was solid. It went smoothly. I felt, um, you know, coming from Wilson, which was a smaller office in Omaha um, at the time, it was only, I think about, uh, about 14 people. And when I came to the Omaha office at the time, it was about 90. So it was a little bit of a culture shock getting right in the door and, you know, kind of just being thrown in there. But, you know, I felt like I was still so green mm -hmm. and new in the industry and learning new things. Like I was still kind of um, like clay putty in a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was still learning the ins and outs of, of everything and 
I, I still remember the day, my first day at Wilson, the first day of my professional job. I think I called my mom at like um, five o'clock and I said, so do you just leave at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> like Blockbuster, I had to wait for someone to come in to relieve me. I had to clock out, do all this stuff. And I'm just like sitting there like in a, my own cubicle. I'm just like, do I just get up and leave? I, I don't know. Do I tell someone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll tag, I'll tag team off of that and, and give my general um, Danielism, but that's why it's important to get any kind of job experience kind of tangentially related to your desired career field as early as you can, because mm-hmm. all those little things and how to work in a corporate office in a corporate setting, how to be completely independent and relied upon to, to meet your own deadlines and work on your own timeline um, that kind of experience and that kind of knowledge, if you if you already can talk like you know the corporate structure and you're interviewing for internships and jobs, then you're just one notch higher than other people. So a lot of a lot of people, I mean, they try to get these engineering students, they try to get these internships and they just, I mean, not to like poo-poo on them, but they like they shoot for the moon and they they just apply to all these random companies online and they never actually try to get a job that they actually are qualified for. And, and then next thing you know it, they, they spent the whole summer doing DoorDash or Uber Eats or, or working at a restaurant. And then again, they, I mean, not to speak negatively upon those jobs, they're very important jobs. I use DoorDash way too often, but, <laughs> but, too. <laughs> but, but that being said, it, it is exceptionally valuable to get that related experience. So, uh, Again, getting some kind of corporate job and, and getting a, a, your foot in the door somewhere around engineers is, is super valuable and, and just anything like that. So there's my Danielism for the day. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Also, I see in the back, uh, for those that are watching the video version of this podcast, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. We have my, my lovely dog. Let me see if she'll make an appearance. Please do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is Cuddles. Cuddles. Hi, Cuddles. She's shaking right now. I think she knows she's on camera. Oh. But we're just kind of hanging out in the back room until mom gets home. So yeah. So you might see her kind of scurry around in my background a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're all casual on the Engineering Success Podcast. You know, there's a, there's all those formal podcasts like that are run by like the podcasting entities. I take yeah. more of a Bill Burr approach to podcasting. I'll stop <laughs> and Google midway through. I'll anything. So I think that that's much funner. So yeah. much more fun. So yeah. All is right. This your first pet on the podcast? I think it is. It's also my first current Zachary employee. Now, no, okay. Oh, okay. We've had um, other pets. That's my dogs barking in the background, but we have not had a visual pet on the podcast. So well, then uh, my wife will be very thrilled that she's groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the first pet on the future most successful podcast in the history of podcasts. Uh, Joe Rogan, I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to break that chart. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. I think I've provided enough of an engineering break. We'll get back into it. So drafters, designers, Mm -hmm. super important in the world of engineering, but not really thought about as much as, you know, engineers. So first of all, let's 
let's just, what is a drafter? What is a designer? And then let's talk about your day-to-day. Okay. So these are going to be my definitions of kind of what I see the drafters and designers do. Um, I'm sh- there are many definitions out there, but yep. this one's mine. So kind of the, the drafter, what I expect of a drafter is to kind of be a little bit younger in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much going to be doing straight red lines from an engineer. So the engineer is going to come up with their design and they're pretty much going to sketch it out in some way. Mm-hmm. I am expecting a drafter to kind of come in and just be like a human Xerox machine for CAD and to translate that sketch onto CAD that will then become our professional product. We, we send out the door. Um, as they kind of grow in that role as a drafter, you know, we have different levels of drafter, uh, drafter one, two, and three. Um, the one is definitely just kind of more right out of school. And the three is kind of that more experienced drafter who's getting ready to make that leap into a designer. Nice. Now, when you, when you enter that designer role, I'm going to be looking for that designer to do a little, be a little bit more independent, you know, Uh as a supervisor, you know, I'm going to give them work. I'm going to assign them someone to either work with a more senior designer or just straight the engineer, but I'm going to be expecting them to kind of be bridging that gap themselves a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Um, you know, they, they're going to be taking that experience that they've grown with and making that job their own. So a little bit more independence, a little bit more independent thinking yeah. in the way that they approach it, not afraid to approach the engineer. A lot of drafters are afraid to disagree with an engineer or point out something that may not work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at this point in my career, if I see something fishy, I don't care who you are as an engineer or another drafter or designer. I'm going to point it out and say, are we sure this is what we want here? Yeah. Is this what you really intended? And sometimes, you know, you'll catch them, you know, they'll just be like, Oh crap. I didn't think about that. Or I didn't see that. So yeah, you know, that's what I expect as you start to enter the designer phase. That's sweet. So drafter, basically do what you're told, operate CAD designer, yeah general basic understanding of how things go together enough that you can say, Hey, are you sure about that? Whenever somebody comes to you. Yep. Sweet. So now as the supervisor, what's your day to day, like working with all the drafters and designers. So typically my, my, my day to day is a lot of a fair amount of meetings, um, you know, as, as you would expect as kind of leadership and management. But it's a lot of meetings, it's a lot of coordination with different disciplines and teams, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of understanding what we're trying to get out the door that day or that week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as consulting engineering, as, as I'm sure you know, is we kind of live and die by getting things out the door and making the customer happy at the end of the day. Um, so it's, it's a lot of coordination. I like to do a lot of QA, QC trying to make sure that our product that we send out the door is consistent across all our pages, you know, versus you shouldn't be able to, when you look at a full package of drawings, when it comes from my group, I want you not to be able to tell who drew that, you know, Yeah. Um, it should just be a kind of a nice clean presentation. 
some days I'm more successful than others due to time constraints, but you know, the, the ultimate goal is to reach there. Yeah. Sweet. So QAQC for people that aren't listening, I'm on acronym watch quality <laughs> assurance and quality control. Yes. So speaking of quality assurance and quality control for drawings, these projects that you're working on, okay, that was a really bad transition. You know, I, I'm better than that. I will get better. So <laughs> what kind of project, what kind of projects do you work on? What kind of industries, what kind of types of projects, what kind of scale are you working on? And what do you find the most interesting and exciting that you're working on? Because I know consulting, we get a bunch of different types of things. Yeah. So at, in Omaha, we kind of do a lot of everything. Um, we're kind of, we're a little bit different than some of the other offices out there in, in the organization, but we do a lot of everything. So we mostly focus on industrial agriculture. Um, we have a lot of local clients around here that we service and we have great relationships with. Um, we'll start to dabble in the power market. We're starting to get back into that right now. That industry is starting to ramp back up. Um, that's really exciting for us to get back into. Um, we've done some, we've done some solar stuff, some environmental things. We don't do a lot of that anymore, but we have done it before. So, um, you know, some of the bigger jobs that, you know, I've always really loved doing are like the nice big, um, they're called greenfield jobs, um, which is essentially just an open plot of land with nothing there. And someone wants you to build a sand fracking facility there. And yeah. it's just like, now it's like a blank canvas, you know, there's, you don't have to worry about any existing utilities, any existing uh, plans you need to read from 1948 <laughs> and be able to tie into, you know, it's just all clean. It's all there. It probably sings to my personality of that straight edge and that, yeah. box, that symmetrical look, but that's that's kind of stuff. Those are the projects I really like. Yeah. So the greenfield is the new job, the new the new completely new slate. And brownfield for those that are listening is considered jobs where you're taking an existing facility and you're doing a revamp or a retrofit. So, and yeah. you said the ones that you find the most interesting are those greenfield jobs that you like the most. Yeah. Yeah. The the brownfields are are fun and they provide a lot of challenges to them. Yeah. And it's kind of like a puzzle and some days you don't quite know how that puzzle is going to come together. Like I said, some days you'll find like plan sets from like 1940s or something and mm -hmm. you need to interpolate them and how, what's really there in the field. Is it really as it was described or yeah. is it totally different because there was another refurb back in the seventies, you know? Yeah. And so. then they, they didn't get as built or for record drawings properly done for that refurb yeah. that they did. Yeah. In the twenties. Yeah. Or in the seventies, not, not, why would you do it in the past? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, you can tell I've had a long day. All right. So, so we talked about what kind of projects you like. So what do you like the most about your job and what do you find the most challenging aspect of your job to be? So one of the, one of the biggest things I like doing is helping people grow, you know, yeah that's one of the things I've learned throughout the years in leadership is I like watching people grow in their roles and as people. Um, 
I'd like to witness that journey. If, if I'm able to help someone in that journey, it really makes my day to make them better or make them realize what they're doing is what they love to do. Um, what I find the most challenging is definitely trying to find that consensus on things mm -hmm. and moving forward on big projects. Um, you know, the nature of our work, work puts us working with a lot of different teams and personalities, mm -hmm. whether that's the customer or internal. And that's putting, trying to get everyone on the same page on these big projects. You know, you're getting 20 people in a room and you're yeah. trying to decide the direction on things. That's um, some days it's kind of harder than others <laughs> to get people, everyone on board with vision, you know? Yeah. So is that, is that kind of why you want to go a little bit into project management is because you want to have a little bit more of a stake in, in getting those people together and going in the right direction? Because, I mean, it yeah. just sounds like you really, really emphasize the people and what you do. Yeah. And that's, that is true. That really does speak to, I think, a lot of my personality quirks Yeah, <laughs> is like, you know, just that direction, helping guide that project from point, you know, from cradle to grave, so to speak, and getting it out the door and built, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like doing. Yeah, that's great. So we earlier we were talking about featuring animals. Uh, that was my dog barking in the background at somebody coming <laughs> to my house. So yeah, we all, we all have our quirks and features. So shout out to Doug DeMuro for uh, quirks and features. But uh, yeah, so speaking of, of features and things that gets featured, okay, this is a good transition. Okay, yeah, that uh, was the landing on that one. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of software are featured most in your day-to-day? -day? Uh, well, right now, you know, it's a lot of Office 365, but, you know, if we're looking at the general design CAD side of things, it's really anything Autodesk products. Um, uh -huh. You know, the Autodesk programs will create, you know, a solid foundation for people to become the engineer. This is what a lot of customers like to see is, is the DWG extension which associates AutoCAD. Um, mm. And it really allows you to, to learn every aspect of the engineering world from 3D modeling to 2D sheet creations. They have all different kinds of software add-ons, um, you know, from a steel program to a, to a plant manager program to model viewers. So, you know, if someone's looking to get into this, to this role, definitely study uh, the Autodesk programs, um, that's a great foundation for someone to start. Yeah. And what's uh, another really cool thing about Autodesk, and I know this from my experience, is if you have a .edu, .edu email address, then you can actually get a student version of Autodesk for free. So uh, yep. shout out to anybody that's in any kind of program or wants to buy a domain that's a .edu, which is, I don't know the ethical arrangements around that. You might as well just pay for Autodesk, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's free. I had a free version, and I, for a minute there, I tried to mock up my fiance's engagement ring in Autodesk. Did not work out for me. I should have come to one of the drafters and and, and come get us up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Effective use of company resources. No, I, yeah. I didn't want to do that. So um, so I ended up going another route. But uh, but yeah, sweet. Thank you. So yeah. um, so you know talking about school, EDU, whatever. So 
another transition that's just uh, not really a, a seamless transition at all. What kind of student were you in high school and college now? And, and how has that kind of translated for your career? I asked this question because I think people have this misconception that like you have, I don't know, there, there's misconceptions around around how that transfers. And I'm just curious uh, to see where you fit in that in that uh, spectrum. So I would definitely say as a high school student, I was, I was pretty average. Um, yeah. You know, it was, I would, to be honest, it was solid C's and some B's, you know, yeah. occasionally the only thing I would ever get an A in was um, the drafting class I was in, in high school. <laughs> so that, that was my first sign of things yeah. <laughs> of where I need to be. But um, you know, it was, you know, it shouldn't deter anyone from doing anything because, you know, adult student me is, is far and away more focused on my goals and what I want to get out of school. And, you know, I feel like high school is just a journey to find out who you are and where you fit in in the world. And mm -hmm. now as an adult, you know, I can totally embrace who I am being a total nerd. And I don't know if you can make it out, but there's a Star Trek blueprint back there. So that is um, awesome. Did you draft it yourself? I did not. My wife got that for me um, about a year ago. She found them online. And so she got big ones and framed them for me. So <laughs> that is an awesome gift for yeah. an <laughs> awesome nerd. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Call, yeah, exactly. So just because you're an average or whatever, whatever definition of high school student that you were, it doesn't really affect I mean, it doesn't really limit you too much. That does not, doesn't mean slack off in high school, but yeah, I mean, yeah. now you're a supervisor. You, yeah. you didn't, you, you got your degree and you're getting your degree. I mean, it really hasn't affected your, your career really much at all other than the fact that you are now a really good student. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a little bit better. I'm refined. These are yeah. things that, you know, like I want to do and passions I want to chase. So okay. that's, that's definitely like the bigger difference is now I'm doing it because I want to, I want to grow more, you know, for myself at the end of the day. Yeah. And how many years are you into your career? Oh God. Um, I, just approximately, I don't want to completely date you. <laughs> 2004 is when I graduated. So for with my degree. So. Yeah. So 17 years in, in your in your career, and you're yep. still at a point where you're defining your career. Yeah, you're making like tangible investments in yourself, and you're defining your career. So yeah, your career is a lot more than just high school. High school doesn't define you uh, I, at all. I I honestly predict I will still be learning and molding myself and finding out new things about myself until the day I'm I retire. Yeah. You know? of just different things of just different aspects and taking in different things from people as you learn and meet new people, um, yeah. you know, never, never stop learning. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. So you had this 17 year career and I mean, I'd say you've had some, a lot of really cool successes in your career so far. So what, what, what were the, the key decision points you've made throughout this career that you've had so far and, how have they impacted you at, at this point to help you get to this, this stage? You know, I, I think honestly, the biggest decision point was the decision to go back to school. Um, 
I knew it was something I wanted to do, but I was also really worried about the time commitment that it meant. Um, I was worried that honestly, it would start to hurt my professional career and my personal life by burning the candle at both ends, you know, a little bit, but, um, luckily I had people at work and my wife at home who supported me on my new adventures and, you know, shout out to, to my, to my boss, Ed, um, you know, he's allowed me to, to just kind of say like, Hey, Ed, I need to, I need to take tomorrow off. It's not for a vacation, but it's to do schoolwork. <laughs> and he's like, do it, you know, yeah. the schedule. And we weren't burning anything, any, anything for, uh, for a project. So it's just like, I need a school day. And yeah. he, he, you know, he, he's one of the ones who supported me and says, let's, let's do it. So, yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say to somebody that's trying to make the decision about whether or not to go back to school? what how would you help them make the decision or would you always recommend the same decision you know i would really recommend for someone if they're thinking about going back to school is a to make sure it's something that you want to do yeah and something that you're passionate about because it is a time commitment um Mm -hmm. but i would definitely recommend doing it you know whether or not you're going for a full degree or even just going to your local community college just to take on a couple um, a couple additional courses to expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a welding class. Maybe it's just drafting 101 because you want to get an edge. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to engage yourself and push yourself with the education out there. Yeah. That's, I think that's great advice and I appreciate you sharing it. So, yeah. I, I, and again, I also really appreciate you just coming onto the podcast and, and giving your time. I, 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 re- I know that uh, time is scarce and especially <laughs> right now with the schedules that we're working on. So I really appreciate you for coming on. Yeah. So, thank you, Daniel. Yeah. So closing question here, uh, yeah. final advice that you have for anybody that's, you know, graduating high school and considering getting involved in this industry. What I do you would, have to say? Please do it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if you're interested in engineering or design drafting. Um, the field that we're in is so wide and diverse. There's truly something for everyone to do. Um, the work that we do as designers and engineers is really changing the world. You know, it's it's building building roads and bridges and airplanes and uh, facilities for cleaning water uh, facility. You know making new plants so we can have gas in our vehicles or, you know, in the future, the power, the electric vehicles will have. So that's all done through engineering and design. So if you're thinking about it, you know, do it, invest your time. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I I agree, man. I, I think, I think it's so valuable that every single day, the projects that I work on are the things that provide the critical things that we need to exist. And it's just so cool to be a part, I guess, a part of that human ecosystem uh, of providing things for others. So um, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree massively. And again, I thank you so much for, for coming onto the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. It's been great. Sweet. Well, um, 
I guess if if I still have an ad, which I've made a total of three dollars on ads so far, so woo woo. Uh, if I still have an ad, there's going to be a quick ad break here, and then I'm going to do the back end of the podcast where I answer just random career questions, and then we'll close out. But this has been how I got here, drafter to supervisor with John Ott. Thank you, John, and we'll see you on the next side of the podcast. Thanks, Daniel. Have a good one. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. I am really thankful that John took the time to talk to us today. And now let's go ahead and get into the career questions. Again, my setup's a little weird, so I might be looking down if you're watching the video version. But let's just go ahead and kick into the questions. The first question is from R Ask Engineers. And the question is, how is the pay for someone with a master's in engineering similar to a dentist when the average dentist student loan debt is $292,000 with a blah, blah, blah interest, while someone with a ma uh, master's in science and mechanical engineering realistically has like $30,000 of debt and gets to spend two years longer in the workforce. Okay. And they go on to say like, bruh, why even bother with dental school when you get a, you can get a mas master's of science, electrical engineer and a PE license. Okay. So, Obviously, I imagine that this is this person's personal situation, but um, yeah, I guess dent dental school is expensive, and I guess it's more expensive than a, a master's of science in mechanical engineering, but it also um, depends on what schools you went to for undergrad and how expensive those were. You know, my, my major takeaway on this is I really wouldn't look at that too closely, obviously school is an investment, but uh, it's one of those things where if you're not passionate about being an engineer and you're more passionate about being a dentist, then you might be a better fit for being a dentist. And the same goes vice versa. So um, I'm sure that there's alternative routes that don't cost as much in student loans. And, um, and obviously being a dentist, you make a lot more money whenever you decide to run your own practice. But, um, you know, you don't really give very many statistics here on what the what the the numbers you think are for the different people, different different degrees. But both of them are lucrative um, career fields, and, and you can make a good living either way. So I would just say focus on what you're most passionate in, and that will set you up for a more successful career. All right, the next question is on R slash engineering students, and they say gear recommendations. Smiley face, sweet. All right. Anyone got any recommendations for gear and stuff that's not required to have for school? I'm starting classes as a freshman going into mechanical engineering and pretty much all I'm armed with is my TI-84 calculator and other standard school supplies, LOL. Will that be enough or should I have more? I'm taking Calc 1 again and have general chemistry and my chem lab as my main STEM courses, if that makes a difference. All right, I'm going to address two things in this question. and. The first one is the, the gear that I ended up purchasing midway through college was a TI Inspire CX CAS. And the really cool thing about that CAS function is you can actually solve indefinite, you can solve uh, equations on it without like there being a number or a, a de definition. So I could do like, um, you know, x squared plus 3x plus eight equals blah, 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 x squared plus three x plus four, and then find out what x is. And, um, or even just like 
simplifying super complex differential equations and partial differential equations, and it, it definitely made those classes easier for me. Um, I was in a situation where I actually could use those calculators on the exams, and obviously I had to show my work, but it was really nice to, to be able to check my work in my homework and in my exams because I used the CXCAS. So I might have said a bunch of things that are very foreign to you, but I would keep my eye for a TI Inspire uh, CXCAS for sale or, or a cheap one uh, throughout college and see if you can get one because I really enjoy mine. And uh, now my brother, who is going to be a senior in high school and eventually go into engineering school, has it. So. The second thing though is you said, I'm taking Calc 1 again. My strong recommendation is if you earned the calculus credit in high school, to use it. Um, college classes are not as much like high school classes where you spend like the entire first of this year uh, completely redoing things and, and reviewing, but you do have some time to review in most classes, at least that's the way, the way it was for me. And I went into uh, college, and I took Calc 3 my first semester of college, and the my any struggles I had in Calc 3 were not due to me not being able to understand the material, it was more so my study habits at the time. And I, I would say that I was perfectly equipped uh, after having passed the AP exams for the Calc BC and getting credit for Calc 1 and Calc 2, uh, that I would have been uh, just fine if I had a little bit better study habits and I ended up passing the class and making a decent grade anyways. So, by the way, for those of y'all that are uh, hearing that those terms, Calc BC, Calc BC is the equivalent to taking Calculus 1 and Calculus 2, so you take a whole year in high school of Calculus BC, and that counts for your one semester of Calc 1 and one semester of Calc 2. And Calc AB is like taking one semester of Calculus 1 and spreading it out through an entire senior year of high school. That's the, the biggest equivalent, I could say. So if you have the option and you're, and you're driven and, and you really want to uh, get as much out of your calculus classes in, as possible in high school, I'd recommend taking Calc BC and doing that if you can. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have that option in high school and I'm really grateful that, that I did because some people say that Calc 2 in college is actually more difficult than Calc 3. I would say Calc 3 was pretty difficult, but I don't know. All right, next question is from r slash ask engineers. They say, fear of graduating in five years as opposed to four is a hell of a question. Hey all, so I'm currently a second year student studying mechatronic engineering, love that, and I'd have to say that I didn't do too well this past semester, don't love that, and might have to repeat courses and possibly extend my degree. I feel dumb for thinking about it, but this whole coronavirus really messed with me, and I'm just not feeling too great about it doing it in five years. I think it's because I'm insecure about my intelligence or that my friends are probably going to do it in four years. IDK, just thought y'all could help. Well, I'm happy to help. I would say that I have worked in the workforce for two years now, going on three, and not one single person has asked me how many years it took me to graduate from college. Not one, I've never asked a single person how many years it took them to graduate from college. It just really doesn't come up in the workforce. The most important thing is that you are a good engineer. And you could, there's a plenty of things you can do with this extra year. You can do an extra summer internship. You can do a, um, take even more electives to prepare yourself, take more electives that interest you. You can even just take some more fun classes to broaden your horizons. So yes, I mean, yeah, you might take an extra year to graduate from engineering school, but you're also spending an extra time investing yourself 
yourself and retaking courses and you have a better understanding and be just a better engineer. And that's what companies care about more than anything. So again, I wouldn't really harp too much on it. Uh, companies, they look at your resume and all they're really looking at is what your graduation date is. They're not really looking at when you started. I, I, in fact, you don't even have to put when you started college on your resume. So uh, I would say don't really frown on it. I have some, I know some multiple people that took five, I even know one guy that took six years to graduate from, or no, he took five and he actually planned really early on that he wanted to take five years to graduate from engineering school. So yeah, and he did a summer research opportunity at Caltech, one at Stanford. I mean, he really set himself up for success and he planned for five years and he's now getting his PhD. So shout out to Morgan, you're doing awesome. All right, and we have one last question. The last question is, this is from r slash I want to learn. This is kind of a new subreddit for me to pull from for the, for the podcast, but it fits in with my personal agenda. So the question is, I want to learn how to stop using like when talking and sound more confident and professional. They go on to say, most of my engineering work was done. Oh, just kidding. That's not, that's not the last question. So. If you want to learn how to stop using like when talking and sound more confident and professional, what I'd recommend doing is joining Toastmasters. Every single Toastmasters meeting has a person called the awe counter and some clubs take it more literally than others and they actually have a bell. And each time somebody, sa each time somebody says like or um or ah or you know or some other filler word like so, you might notice that I use these words a little bit more than I'd like to on the podcast. That person rings the bell or records each time those filler words are used. And being cognizant of that and being in an environment where people are trying to not use those words as much is how you use those words less often. And yeah, it'll make you sound more professional. So I think that's a great goal and I encourage you to continue pursuing it. All right, I actually have two more questions. Next question is, which laptop would you guys recommend? They go on to say, this is a, I think R slash, or this is R civil engineering. Um, I would say it doesn't really matter too much. Um, some people say you wanna get a desktop computer because you can run more programs on them and that's, that's true. Um, but remember also that some of these programs that you're using in college, you might not actually have the license for because it's super expensive. So I spent most of my time in college doing engineering homework on my school's computers using software that was downloaded onto my school's computer. And when I was in a pinch, I used a virtual machine of my school's computer on my personal machine, which was actually a Mac. And I know that Macs get a lot of flack because they can't natively run a lot of the engineering softwares. But the most important thing to me was just having a reliable computer that I could type up my reports and stuff on whenever I needed to in a pinch. So uh, I would just say get a laptop that you can afford and get one that will last you four years. Uh, most of your engineering work with all those programs that people are referencing are going to be on a school computer or on a virtual machine. So maybe you want a little bit more horsepower to better run your virtual machine. But really, again, it just kind of depends more on your internet connection than anything. So, yep, that's that. And now the last question. Sorry about the cut there. I lost space on my SD card midway through recording. All right, this is on our engineering students. They go on to say, the title of their question, should I change my major even though I am only six courses short of graduating? They go on to say, so no, I'm not talking about starting over with my life and a dramatic change, no. But my university offers a degree in both construction engineering and civil engineering. 
The construction engineering is basically the same as the civil engineering, except it lacks like five classes or so. Now, I am a civil engineering student. I have finished all but six classes so far, but having been doing my internship, I've come to the realization that this is not the job I'm seeking. In fact, I want to pursue architecture after finishing my degree. Good for you. That's why we do internships, to figure out what we want to do. If I change my major to construction, this change would reduce but only three classes for me. These classes are highway design, water sewage, and an elective course. So shall I do this if I know I'm only interested in house construction and never in anything else really? So I will say, first of all, congratulations for figuring out kind of a better idea of what you want to do. That's the whole purpose of internships. Now I will say that um, from my understanding of construction, you becoming a construction manager or developing a career in construction is not really as much dependent on your degree as it is your experience. So I think that you with a civil engineering degree would be able to do all the things that you want to do in construction, minus if you wanted to pursue that architecture graduate degree. So I would personally encourage you to just go ahead and stick it out. It's only three extra classes. Go ahead and finish out the civil engineering degree and then you can go into construction engineering if you want to. But if you get a construction engineering degree, then you can't go back and go do civil. Also, if you are interested in all getting a professional professional engineering license, I believe that that's a thing for civil engineering degrees, but I'm not sure if that is a thing for construction engineering. I guess it would kind of depend on whether or not your program is ABET accredited, uh, at least the construction engineering. I'm not really as familiar with construction engineering, but in general, you'll have a little bit more flex flexibility with a civil engineering degree. So I wish you the best of luck with that. All right, and now you've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to this episode of the Engineering Success Podcast. I'm gonna have to shout out my friends at Car Talk as I did earlier. That was my favorite radio show listening to growing up and that's the show that I listened to and made me realize that I wanted to go into radio at the time and now podcasting, which is much easier platform for me to be in. Um, but if you like the podcast, make sure to share it with somebody that you think would benefit from it. Make sure to rate it five stars. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer, write in to engring.success at gmail.com. That's engr, just like it would show up in your course catalog, ing.success at gmail.com. And I will hopefully hear from you very soon. And hopefully you'll hear from me next week. Thanks. I'm not complaining. My thoughts get complicated. I cannot explain in lameness. Never losing focus because I ain't chasing payments. Still playing in the basin while I'm working on arrangements. They heard the kid in 50 countries. Thank God that's amazing. But I'd rather think Spotify. They put me on the station.